We serve a God that is real and alive. It's not a religion. We're not in church because we, 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 you know, we're religious people, so we're here. No. We are the circumcision of God, which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus, and we have no confidence in the flesh. We're not Christians because we come to church. Christians come to church. It's not everything that comes to church that is a Christian. To be a Christian, you've got to be born again. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be baptized by immersion and believe the doctrine. The people that were called Christians in the scriptures were men that were filled with the Holy Ghost. Miles Monroe told us that where the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. And to an extent, some people have just totally just written off the church and walked away and are keeping away from the church without understanding what the purpose of God is. In the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 21, it says, Having the high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. He said, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. He says, not forsaking the gathering of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another as much the more as we see the day approaching. Hallelujah. Now, it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as we see the day of Christ is actually what he's talking about approaching. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 3, it says, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. You see, he's talking to who? The brethren. Amen. In departing from the living God, but exhort one another while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is to said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Let's go back to chapter 10 again. You see, these are the things he's talking about when he says that we should exhort one another. Praise God. Where he says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, encouraging one another in the faith. Hallelujah. All right. Teaching one another. Praise the Lord. Helping one another and uh, comforting one another. Praise the Lord. Glory be to God. And when we do that, and when there is a need for correction, we will do it in the congregation of the saints. When you are outside by yourself, that cannot take place. It is because of that that the assembly of the believer is very important. Amen? Now, the church is the congregation or assembly of the people who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and the doctrine of Christ. 
They are those who worship Jehovah in spirit and in truth. The church is the ecclesia, praise God. <laughs> they called out once. We are the assembly of the free state. Amen. We're a Christian community. That's what we are. If a church is not in Christ, it's not a church. And ought not to be called a church. And you, you notice in my definition or in the definition that the Lord gave to me that there has to be a believer in Christ Jesus and, his, and the doctrine of Christ, his doctrine. Those who do not believe on the doctrine are not a church. The church is a spiritual body. But we have physical presence. The whole church includes people who are presently saved, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost upon the earth and those in heaven, including Jesus Christ, the head of the church. That is the church. The church. But the church also includes all the members of the body of Christ worldwide. But they have to, to qualify or to be called a church. You have to be in Christ and believe the doctrine. What's the doctrine? Teaching. Teachings. Accepted by, you know, the dictionary says it's accepted by a group of people or a sect. But doctrine is teaching. Accepted teaching. God is the one who sets forth the doctrine in the body. For the body. And he's already set it. It cannot be changed at this time. Hallelujah. And, and the scripture says that if somebody does not have the doctrine of Christ, he's not of God. And that is the whole of the New Testament is actually the doctrine of Christ. Which means all the things that Jesus both did and taught and the things that the Holy Ghost, through the apostles, thought. That's the doctrine of Christ. Christ is both Jesus Christ and the anointing that he's anointed with. So, some people say uh, that Jesus, the things he said, were, is it, is it in red? If it's not in red, it's not important. You're a joker. Because Jesus said the more important things that I need to say to you, there are things that are vital that I say to you, but I cannot say to you, say them to you now because you're not yet able to bear them. But when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. He will show you things to come and he will bring to your remembrance all that I have taught you. So the doctrine of Christ includes what Jesus said in his earthly ministry 
and the things that the Holy Ghost taught the church through the apostles that have made what we call the scriptures today. So the apostle John says to the church, he says in, in the second epistle of John, he says to us, he says, for many deceivers, verse 7, are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that he lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. When you are deceived, you don't receive a full reward. Whoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. What I mean is that the person does not have God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he, both, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed. For he that biddeth him God's speed is a partaker of his evil deeds. We serve a God that is real and alive. It's not a religion. We're not in church because we, 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 you know, we're religious people, so we're here. No. We are the circumcision of God, which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus, and we have no confidence in the flesh. We're not Christians because we come to church. Christians come to church. It's not everything that comes to church that is a Christian. To be a Christian, you've got to be born again. And believe the doctrine. Actually, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be baptized by immersion. And believe the doctrine. The people that were called Christians in the scriptures were men that were filled with the Holy Ghost. The natural progression of a Christian is that when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, certain signs follow the believer. I'm not saying it to condemn you if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost right now. I'm trying to tell you that it is important. That is the seal of God's ownership. If you belong to God, the proof that you belong to God is his spirit. He that hath not the spirit of Christ is none of his. The scriptures tell us these things. I'm not saying it to mean that when you're not filled with the Holy Ghost now, you're not, you don't reject the, baptism, the fullness of the spirit. So the point to which you believe that's the point to which you get to. And understand that there are people who believe that Jesus was the Messiah and they followed him up to the point where he said, you must drink, eat my flesh, and drink my blood. Bible says from that day, many of his disciples stopped following him. Were those people saved? They were not saved. They lost it there. It is those who believe unto the end, who keep the beginning of the confidence of their faith in Christ Jesus unto the end that are saved. You can't give it up and be saved. Oh, I'm going through so much pressure. And so, 
my faith failed. If you believed God for two chairs, you didn't get two chairs, you still believe in God. Understand that the main thing there is that we put our faith in Christ Jesus. That Jesus died for us. He was not on that cross for himself. He was on the cross for, you, for us. Jesus died for the whole field. He paid for the whole field. Potentially, everybody has been paid for. But the thing about God is that God does not force salvation on anyone. God does not put a gun to your head and say, if you don't give your life to Christ, I'll blow it off. No. All these belief systems compel people. If you don't believe, we will kill you. If you convert, we will kill you. God does not need man's help to defend himself if he is God. The church was designed by God to disciple men and women who come to him. It is the ground and the pillar of truth. It is where we find wisdom and counsel from the Lord. When we gather together, we are strengthened through the word of God, through the teaching and the fellowship one with another. We are strengthened in Christ Jesus. When we gather together, God's word requires that we gather together so that he will speak to us, so that his gifts will be made manifest. God does not give us his gifts in our bedrooms for our use with our cats. No. The gift of God is to profit with all. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I will not have you ignorant. It says, for you know that you were Gentiles. Gentiles there means people who were outside the covenant of Israel. People who did not believe God. People who worshipped idols in time past. You were carried away with those, these dumb idols, even as you were led. So they were led by devils through the worship of idols, right? Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. No man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. And no man can curse Jesus and be speaking by the Spirit of God. No man can speak evil of the Master and be speaking by the Spirit of God. You know, we as believers ought to know when God is speaking and when he's not speaking. It's important that we know these things. Hallelujah. Because, you see, we're, there are a lot of voices in the world today. Online, you can have a Satanist in the midst of believers talking about Christ and giving the kind of information that is not of God. And God tries to make these things clear to us before we see them. When this person starts talking, we say, that's not God. That cannot be God. That cannot be God. We are people 
who God haters who are trying to tell us how to be a Christian. All right. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Spirit there is the Holy Ghost. There are differences of administration, but the same Lord, talking about Jesus. Amen? There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God, talking about the Father, which walketh all in all. God is the one walking everything in all of us. Amen? But the manifestation of the Spirit, which is the manifestation of the Holy Ghost, is given to every man to bless his cat. No. Or for you to sit at home, lay hands on yourself, you fall under the power, you get up, you lay hands on yourself, you fall under the No. It says... The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Let me read it from the Amplified. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the evidence, the spiritual illumination of the Spirit for good and profit. Good there is in italics, so it says for good profit. Good profit to who? Is to the body, to God. Through the body. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's to the body. The New American Standard Version says, it says, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Common good. Our collective good. Amen. That is what it is for. It is not for us to just keep by ourselves and be enjoying it by ourselves and not use it to bless the people of God. We are not supposed to be by ourselves holding the gift of God. That is like you taking the gift of God and putting it in the ground or in a vessel. In an eating, you know, the, this body is called the eating vessel. Our bodies are the eating vessels. You carry it and you bury your talent. When you stay at home with the gift of God, you are technically burying it. Because it's not going to be used by God in your bedroom. Now there are times and seasons when God isolates some people because he wants to use them for something. But it's not supposed to be two, three years you're like that. No. A whole year is even a dangerous place to be. You'll notice that when Jesus came and he was talking to the disciples... He said, all hail, and he spoke to them. But the Bible says that Thomas Didymus was not there. Do you notice that the next time Jesus was going to speak, he didn't go to his home. He could have gone to his home. How many of us know that? He still came into the midst of the congregation. And at that time, Thomas was there. Everybody is supposed to be in a sheepfold, even an evangelist. For to one is given by the Spirit, by the Holy Ghost, the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit. To another, faith, by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing, by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. 
But all these walk at that same, that one and self same spirit, the Holy Ghost, dividing to every man severally as he, the Spirit of God, will. Amen? Everybody's vital to the body. Don't think that you are not needed. Everybody is important to the body. Every active person in the kingdom. And everybody is supposed to be active in the kingdom. Nobody is supposed to be idle in Zion. You're supposed to, it's supposed to be that as we're coming for fellowship, you have prayed up concerning the service. I've prayed. You also prayed up. When you're coming, our collective anointings will affect the meeting. When an unbeliever comes in, the Spirit of God will bring conviction. And if the person is not saved, that person will get saved. 